a listener production. Hi, and welcome back to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's editorial director, Katja Vaktel, and the host of this guide to Melbourne. Close your eyes and imagine a traditional men's deodorant ad. You're probably going to see a goofy, maybe charming, guy spraying deodorant all over his body and suddenly he becomes a Casanova or a bodybuilder or something equally cheesy. But Hunter Johnson, this kind of approach, said one thing to him. The men's personal care industry is ripe for disruption. In 2021, he launched Stuff, which is a personal care brand that keeps the grooming process nice and simple for men, but it also addresses toxic masculinity in the process through its considered and playful branding and its link back to the man cave, which Johnson also started. This month, Stuff became the first Aussie men's product stocked by the global beauty giant Sephora. Hunter joins us in the studio today to talk about Stuff's journey so far and what's next. I am super excited to be here. Okay, what happens when Sephora knocks on your door and says, hey, we'd love to stock your range? The office erupts. There's a few WTFs is going on and uh, we have to make sure it's not a spam email. And it actually, the interesting thing, the announcement came out very recently, but it's been something that's been in the works for about nine months. So it reflects back stuff uh, is about two years old now in startup land. It's kind of like dog years because you weather so much in the startup yeah. journey. So I've definitely, it definitely feels a lot older. But um, it's been in the works for about, yeah, nine months now. And to have it out in the world is very exciting. And, you know, a huge reflection on the, you know, the blood, sweat and tears that we've put into this thing. So let's go back to that, the blood, sweat and tears and starting stuff. Why did you think the time was right to start this brand? What did you think was missing from this industry? And why did you think you could do it? I think let's start with the culture we're in. I'll just start with the statistics. So mental illness is in a really precarious place right now. And if I put a a masculine lens on that, uh, suicide's the biggest killer of men under the age of 45. So not drink driving, not overdosing on drugs, not cancer, but actually themselves. And then if you look at the other side of the picture, more than one woman every week is impacted by male perpetrated family violence. And if we look at the common theme behind that, stuff in the belief systems, the worldview, or the intergenerational trauma that men have inherited or been exposed to that then comes out in their relationship to themselves or their relationship to others. And a lot of the systems we have to deal with, whether it is mental health, family violence, you know, relationships, are very much geared around crisis management. So we wait till something goes wrong and we throw our money at a symptom. And for me, it just didn't make sense why we weren't going positive and preventative. And the other side of that is we know that the script of masculinity that many men have inherited from our you know, fathers or grandfathers is com- almost completely redundant today. And what I'm, just to be clear, I'm not saying we need to throw the baby out with the bathwater and throw away all our favorite masculine traits, but there is an invitation for us to develop more range in our masculinity, to be stoic and strong, but also to be raw and open and vulnerable and ask for help. And I really saw over the last, particularly the last kind of five or six years, it's been this like hot pot of change. We're really at an inflection point. And I think we only need to look at significant cultural moments like the Me Too movement, Donald Trump in office, Barnaby Joyce, like the list goes on, Harvey Weinstein, um, and very little going on at a positive perspective or an early intervention perspective. And so for me, there was a huge opportunity using um, consumerism, brand, culture Mm. to do something really unique and similar to how the 
Remember the Dove Real Beauty campaign, women all shapes and sizes, just kind of blew open the space for the, the female customer. There's nothing for men. It's super old school, very misogynistic, very traditional. And we just saw it as an opportunity to kind of freshen things up. And I was very lucky. I've been running a charity for the last uh, nine years, which really works with young men around their emotional intelligence and be exposed to tens of thousands of young Australian men. I just saw that they were desperate for positive role models and a new way to be that uh, empowered them. And that's really important. The Man Cave, which is where you've been encountering and working with young men about how to address these issues of toxic masculinity before they become a problem. One of the things you said to us in a story when when Stuff first launched was that you would work with these young men and it would be a really positive, amazing experience. And then you'd send them back out into the world where they'd go and watch TV that night and that's and then they were faced with all that very old school, outdated approach to what masculinity is and should be. So stuff became a way, as you said, through kind of product to introduce more positive role models. So for those who don't know stuff, tell us about it. What's the branding like? Who are the people that you're using to get it out into the world? So Stuff is a, yeah, we'll say a purpose-driven men's grooming brand. So purpose-driven meaning that the it has social impact at its DNA, so it's of service to the community, but it's also a business that wants to succeed in a for-profit world. It started after being running programs with Man Cave with tens of thousands of young men and just seeing a huge wide open space to disrupt, you know, the, the Lynx Africas that have been there for years and, you know, the advertising, which we kind of giggle about, but, you know, guys spray themselves and gorgeous women come chasing and it's like, okay, that's kind of funny for a moment, but let's just slow down and look at the subtle objectification that starts to begin Mm. as a 12-year-old boy gets his first can of, you know, Lynx Africa. Mm. We also know that guys are incredibly brand loyal, so they'll stick with something for a long time just because it works, it's cost-effective, it's easy and it's functional. So we just saw a, a massive opportunity to kind of be more vibrant and fun and playful and appeal to guys' strengths rather than their deficits or just kind of perpetuates to some old school tired narratives. And how we set it up, even with the name, we wanted it to be super simple, uncomplicated. We wanted it to be just everyday men's grooming essentials. Um, but at the same time, use our, our kind of advertising or our storytelling to really have some fun, be a bit silly, have a real balance of what I'll say is like banter and depth. And that's where I think people, but in this case, like men are at their best when they have that range where they can drop into the deep, you know, authentic conversations, but can be silly, funny, and and not take it all too seriously. And all of our, I'll say our talent, because they like to be called that, are actually our man cave facilitators. So men who work in high schools across Australia, and they range from, you know, people of First Nations backgrounds to former refugees, to former child soldiers, to hipsters to you know former sports players but they really represent the diversity of masculinity and so it's nice to have the like authenticity infused in the dna of the business and yeah we're a b corp which is you know the highest standard of social and environmental responsibility a business can have and we're really just looking to knock out some of those old school uh conglomerates to be something more refreshing and and modern now all your products are vegan uh there's no parabens tell us for those who haven't encountered the brand before what can you actually buy? Yeah, absolutely. So we, I've been very fortunate to kind of um, uh, pull them by their values, a few, uh, I'll say, ex-Esopians across from working in the extraordinary business that is Aesop into uh, the land of stuff. And one of them is an extraordinary doctor, Dr. Kate Forbes, who is an amazing chemist. And she's worked really closely with us um, to ensure that the ingredient formulations are really world-class, so they're the best of nature and science. 
as you said, vegan, cruelty-free, supercharged with essential oils, but at the same time at a really affordable price point. So there's you know face scrub, moisturizer, an SPF 50 plus moisturizer, which is pretty rare for the, the male customer. There's shave gel, two deodorants, and then two body wash options as well. Tell us about the deodorants. They're interesting. I'd love you to just give a little bit of a tips and tricks to using a natural deodorant, because I think that's important for people to understand what they're buying. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, in particularly in our society, which we're so geared to like the short-term outcome, it's like got to get the results straight away. If we want to embark on the, I guess, the trajectory of a, a natural deodorant, it actually takes a, about two weeks for our body to detoxify from what we've been using. And particularly if you've been using something that does have aluminium sulfates chemicals in it, um, to, which effectively like blocks your pores and, and stops you from sweating or stops the scent. So the natural deodorant takes about two weeks for you to come acclimatize, I'll just use that language, and for you to then to start to get uh, in tune. Um, and again, it's it's a patient game, but it's like you're attuning your body and your senses and your effectively like your, your organ, which is your skin, to start to use something that is better for you. So mm. it is a, uh, for those who want to go on the, the journey of natural deos, it, it takes about two weeks to, to get there, but it's something that we've yeah, worked with, uh, as I said, an amazing chemist to, to get something that really, really lands. And yeah, exciting for us. We, we just launched with um, a group called Above the Collar, which uh, Brett Blundy, who's a bit of a, a, a giant or a titan of industry in the, the retail game, it's like a almost like a men's version of Sephora. And, and we're pretty fortunate that our deodorants just won the best deos in the men's category. So uh, really exciting. And that's also something we're looking at in our new product development pipeline is uh, more deos. What were you doing before the man cave? How did you end up kind of in this world? Well, I, I grew up trying to rebel against my parents and I did that probably until I was about 21. And my mum's an entrepreneur, so she works in AI and my dad's a psychologist. And as I said, I kind of traveled the world, didn't want any responsibilities and then slowly my family values caught up. And um, I eventually studied business and psychology but uni was just really uninspiring. Like I'd be sitting in this stats lecture and this guy would be taking us through like 150 slides of stat statistics and I was like, surely there's more to life than this. And I had an opportunity to fly down to um, Melbourne. I was in Sydney at that time to work with a not-for-profit called the Foundation for Young Australians and the CEO of FYA, just to call it um, something shorter. She'd just been voted Australia's most influential woman, Jan Owen. Um, and I was like, that's a dope title. I would love to spend time around a person of that stature. And she was like, listen, we don't have any money to give you, but you get to design your own adventure if you want to come and intern with us. And I was like, that sounds awesome and way better than statistics. And so I flew down. I worked at the Rose Hotel in Fitzroy like four or five nights a week. I volunteered, you know, five days a week at the not-for-profit. And within two weeks, you know, I was up in the Northern Territory helping co-facilitate a young Indigenous leadership program. Two weeks later, working with these newly arrived Burmese refugees, supporting the employment pathways. And it just cracked my worldview open. And then second to that, I started to get involved in a summit that connected young philanthropists or investors with entrepreneurs that have a social or environmental purpose behind their business. But the idea, if you can get those who have the wealth to connect with the business mindset that also has social good, that'll fast track social change quicker than governments, corporates, philanthropists. And um, that cracked my world open too. And then, yeah, just a few kind of lived experience examples of people in my life who I really care about started to go through their own journeys, um, both men and, and women. And I was like, okay, there's this gut feeling I need to do something about this. And yeah, it was about nine years ago. So before kind of this whole thing was in the, the zeitgeist mm. around masculinity. Yeah. And then man cave and then stuff. And then man cave and then stuff. So yeah. So you're currently raising funds. It's your next kind of investment round uh, from investors. You've already got 
some pretty major names who are staff lovers and investors, Ian Thorpe, um, Four Pillars founder Stu Greger, and also former Wallabies captain Dean Mum, so big names. But you're about to launch a really interesting crowdfunding campaign on July 25. Tell us about that. So I think we live in a really exciting time where so many things are being democratised. Like, you know, I think that's the power of social media and, you know, we can just uh, democratise opportunity. I think we've got a bit more to go with democratising power fully. But, you know, we're, we're at a time where things are really accessible. And I've been fortunate to go through a few investment rounds where we've, we've sought capital to grow our business. And one of the things we've been talking about as a team is um, the power of this business is actually the community and it's the social good that's infused into the DNA. So, when stuff does well, um, the shareholders do well, but also so does the man cave. So the man cave is the largest shareholder of stuff. So, And we should say as well, when you buy stuff products, money goes back into man cave. Correct. Exactly. And the, it's, there's two ways. So uh, for every $1,000 in sales, it'll fund a boy from a low socioeconomic community to go through the man caves program. So who wouldn't normally have access to it. But then there's also the man cave is the largest owner of, of the, the for-profit business too, which is quite a unique and innovative model. And so We've been discussing as a team, like, what's the best way we can invite in our thousands of customers, you know, people who really believe in the, the purpose, the mission, and the quality of the products. And um, crowdfunding was where we landed. So um, this isn't for if you have to be this, like, super high flyer. This is for those who, you know, have anywhere over $250 that actually want to have their first entry point into being involved as an owner or a business partner of me uh, in the brand. But really, we want to crack it open and leverage the power of the storytelling, the purpose, and the mission to really speak to, I guess, the higher nature of, of Australians. And so that's what we're kicking off on the 25th. How will people access this? How are they going to take their money and actually physically invest? So there's a platform which we're using, which is called Virtual. And if anyone's listening, it's virtual.com forward slash company forward slash stuff, S-T-U-F-F, if you want to check it out. And it's an opportunity which we'll be pushing out all across social media. We're getting some great media and PR uh, and yeah, just an opportunity for, for anybody who follows us on socials as well, which at follow the stuff uh, is where you can find us on Instagram. That's the best way to find out. And we'll also be pushing out content that kind of educates the, the customers and the investors or potential investors around how to get involved and what to do. Right now, if you are looking for a stuff product, um, where can you find it? Where can you find it on shelves? And I know you can buy it online. And at the end, I'll get you to reel off the websites, both for the man cave and for stuff. But where can you find it in physical stores? So we, over the last two years of, um, I'd say, yeah, become the fastest growing Australian men's brand, which is really exciting. We're now in about 1,600 points of sale across the country. So we're in Woolworths, uh, we're in Priceline, uh, we're in Sephora, uh, and uh, we're in about a couple hundred independent pharmacy and groceries, groceries as well. So um, I would stick to uh, if you, your local pharmacy or grocer, but... Um, definitely in, inside of Woolies or, or Priceline. And and yeah, if you're online, you can do our, our website, which is websiteofstuff.com. And what's the website for Man Cave, which is such an incredible organisation? So the Man Cave's website is themancave.life, L-I-F-E. And yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time. Man Cave's in hundreds of high schools now, work with about 50,000 young men. And I think the thing I always try to encourage, particularly inside of our team, is whilst we're working with young men, it's not just about those young men. It's who they're going to be in their relationships, in their families, in their communities, in their future workplaces, and in, in our communities, really. Um, and yeah, there's huge demand for our services across Australia and the world now, which is a really unique thing. Uh, and 
partly, you know, stuff doing really well is to accelerate Man Cave's mission because, yeah, I think we need more positive narratives for masculinity right now, one that's, you know, inspiring not just for men but for women and non-binary people too. You've also been doing your own podcast now. The popularity was kind of instant and immense. Tell us about that and the kind of people that you are speaking with. Yeah, so the podcast is called Real Stuff with Hunter Johnson and the idea is to just demystify all the polishness of so much of our lives and actually just have raw and authentic conversations with with leaders. And I've got a particular interest in masculinity and just kind of if it's uh, a guest who has any experiences with masculinity, we kind of dip into that. But really it's just about them taking off the mask and us connecting and We've had some amazing guests in in the short time we've been around from the CEO of Woolworths, Brad Banducci, to the managing director of Bunnings, Mike Schneider, to Wallabies captain Michael Hooper, to another Wallabies captain, Dean Mum, to gender equality advocates like Yasmin Poole. Um, and it's I think it, it shows, I'll also say um, Monty from Client Liaison as well, which was amazing. Like, super. That, I feel like that would have been one of the most popular episodes. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good time. Isn't it amazing? But it was so interesting for me to kind of go from like, you know, see one of the CEOs of the biggest companies in Australia to then like sport athlete who's running out in front of 100,000 people effectively to war to then a musician who's just like with their muse and just feeling like how they play with their audience and they go into this like other world. So super exciting. And as I'm sure you get on, on this podcast, you get to peek into someone else's, you know, lived experience. And yeah. I, I had a message last week from, I, I sat down with uh, Dr. Zach Seidler, who's at Movember. And we just had a talk about men's mental health and his journey with it, uh, my journey with it, what tools and tips we, we recommend. And, you know, I had someone come to me and say, listen, that podcast changed my life. I've actually gone and seen a psychologist and this is something that it did something to me as I was listening to it that I needed to act on. And I think that's, you know, the power of these audio resources or video resources that really kind of open us up in a way that just reading something doesn't. Thanks for joining us, Hunter, and good luck with this next round. That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore melb. I'll be back again on Friday, same time, same place. Chat then. Listener.